Hello, everybody. My name is Larry Sands. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Life and Love with your host, Vivian Kniebel. Hello, Vivian. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Larry. Excellent. Good to be here again. Oh, well, well, thank you for being here, too, because without you, we wouldn't be here. And that's right. the truth. And and by we, I mean Eric Kasloff and me. Hi, Eric. How's it going, Larry? Good, good. Well, it is wonderful to be able to talk to you guys. Is this our first show back? First show of 2022. Of 2022. Yeah. yeah, yeah. First show back. Um, I think this is a big one. I think this is in terms of of what we're I feel and what we're about to talk about is real life because isn't everything real life these days um the anxiety that people have felt not just in 2020 because of the the lockdowns and everything but even in 2021 and now falling into 2022 there is a lot of anxiety with with the loss of well a loss for a lot of people it's loss of jobs loss of loss of loved ones so we we and i in, include myself into that because 2021 was pretty tough um to anxiety is a big big giant thing um and Eric, you and I have talked, and, and even Vivian, you know, we've all talked about how anxiety has has really kind of gripped us all. Um, some you can see it coming, others it just it just shows up. Well, and like we've talked about, you know, what um, our other podcast with Pastor Joe. Yeah. Since Corona started anxiety or there's more people on anxiety medication antidepressants people are you know doing self-destructive things to self-medicate because i think everybody does have some anxiety you know with their personal life but when it became a global thing you know people just went because um <laughs> I think if it would have been earlier generations, they would have handled it maybe a bit better. But you have to understand our generation grew up with end of the world disaster movies. Right. So yeah. we go to those worst case scenario things like zombie apocalypse things. The Walking Dead was a popular show. I know it sounds silly, but it was about the destruction of the world because of a virus mm -hmm. and everybody was thinking oh my god what is it gonna be like when i'm in a room with five people and there's three bottles of water and mm -hmm. our anxiety and our imaginations mm -hmm. then take over about how bad things are gonna get i mean i battle anxiety a lot yeah and you yeah. know even before corona but i remember um i wasn't able to do a show once because of my, I had an anxiety attack during an, a show of the Something Something podcast while we were talking to someone who wrote a book about anxiety. Yes, huh. yes, yes, yes. I, I remember that well. Um, and you know, that brings up a lot of, of questions in my mind. Um, 
I would like Vivian, if you could introduce our guest for today. Yeah, we got a very special guest. Her name is Habiba Zaman. Uh, she's a therapist, an author, and life coach. Welcome, Zabiba. Thank you. Thank you for having me guys today. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. You know, as, as Eric was kind of talking, um, I was hit with the, uh, with the, the, the reality of Eric, you're, you're absolutely right. Because I think media kind of plays a big part of, of anxiety for everybody, especially now. Um, and I, I guess that's maybe a good way to start off because not only are we going to talk about anxiety, I mean, you being a life coach and you being an author, I mean, that, that really speaks volumes because you're, you're out there educating everybody and, and letting everybody know there are ways to handle, handle all this stuff that's going on. But my opening, my opening question is in, from what you've seen, how big does the media play with all this anxiety for people? I think media plays the primary role of our anxiety surrounding COVID and what's going on, because that's our only attachment to truth. Unless you're individually handling the studies or working in the trenches, um, like some of my family members as doctors, or some of my friends are, you know, they're part of the CDC. So they understand. And I've been lucky enough to be able to go to the source to get information so I can kind of manage my own anxiety and stress when it comes to these things. But for most people, they don't have that direct link, right? Yeah. All we know is depending on what channel you're listening to and how they're presenting the facts or if there's facts or if it's their fears or if it's their opinion even sometimes, right? Presented as facts. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think since that is the only truth or source of truth that most people have. And like it was said earlier, how, you know, our generation grew up with the media. I mean, even my children, they're teenagers, but they get all of their information from Google, right? Mm -hmm. The schools push it. Um, that That's their livelihoods. That's all they know. So media is what used to be journalism, what used to be whatever else for everyone else before. And yeah. so I, I do think it plays a primary role in everybody's anxieties and how it's managed. Yeah, yeah. That's... Don't you think, don't you think, Zabiba, we need to help ourselves in a sense, you know, we're going through this COVID still and that has woken a lot of people up because they, we lived such a hectic life. You know, we live in such a hectic life, running from one thing to another and uh, um, and not ever getting to our center. Mm -hmm. uh, and so with other words, we are outwardly, you know, we have all the instruments. We're so developed, overdeveloped, actually. And within, we're actually underdeveloped because uh, we get we can handle everything except not ourselves. Absolutely. The importance is on everything else. Yes, yes, that hectic world. And I think we need to make some changes and find more meaning in life. What is really the meaning of life? Mm -hmm. You know, if we understand that and uh, 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 become uh, 
also more mindful. Mm-hmm. You know, just just move in a way forward that is mindful and virtuous. That is being, you know, that that is uh, being in control of it and also in the way of it, but also concerned about doing good uh, for others. Now that is is very important. And uh, as far as uh, as this uh, this uh, fast pace that we are. Um, we are going through We're always at a fast pace. We don't live in the moment. You mm-hmm. know, we, we, we step on the present like it's an obstacle that we need to overcome to get to the next one. But there's something wrong with that, don't you think? I do. I do. I was one of those people also. You know, my worth came from, and this is upbringing and culture and all kinds of other things yes. to it. But it was when I get here, then I will have blank, you know, and I I grew up that way. When I get these grades, I will have this. When I get this degree, I will have this. When I get this accomplishment, I will have this. And it's not just me. I think society has perpetuated this need for achievement, this need for to be goal oriented. And we wear our stress and our achievements, like a badge of honor that, you know, look at all the things I've overcome today. And I've still managed to get these products done or whatever the case may be, right. Our pride has unfortunately become how much burden we can endure and continue to persevere instead of what COVID did to us is it knocked us back to on our behinds where we needed to be. And for a lot of people, it, you know, pull the rug out from under them so that they can really see I'm bleeding for this job. I'm bleeding for this company. I'm bleeding for this, what I considered my purpose in life, but to what avail? Where am I, where is it really getting to when I'm losing the people that I love, when I'm not certain about what tomorrow is going to bring, whether I'm, whether I'm worried about if my children can go to school because mine didn't for a year and a half, <laughs> you know? So things like that, like how do you prioritize? It completely shifted all of that. True. And you, I was the same way as well, you know, always achieve, achieve, you know, and I am to this day, uh, I am a visionary. I live in the moment, but nonetheless, I'm a visionary. I plan out my life, but then we are not always in control of everything. We like to have control of our lives. You know, we all like that, but in an entropic universe, you know, there's no way that we can be in control of everything. And uh, so we kind of have to learn to detach in a gentle way uh, um, from those things that we cannot change, but only from what we cannot change and make better. You know, we have to, I think in acceptance, there is something. Acceptance really removes the label of problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Accept what you cannot change, live with life. Instead of against it, you know, that also, I think, would bring down anxiety, don't you think? I think it's twofold. I think it's our underlying anxieties based on whatever fears we have subconsciously that perpetuates the need for control, right? What can I control? What can I have a grip on so that I feel more more steady and like I have a say of where my life is going? And so we become control freaks. I'm one of those as well. (laughs) And then at the same time, without understanding that you can't accept it. So you can't release it if you don't understand where this comes from to begin with. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, there is uh, this anxiety. It is fear. 
Yeah, it is fear, and uh, I think uh, when we trust, you know, that better awaits us, uh, there is an enormous sense of peace that becomes available to you. Mm-hmm. When you, when you, uh, when you, th- that is the result of trusting. Uh, but you have to learn to trust yourself, you know, and then you will l- learn, you know, know how to live. And uh, when when you trust yourself, then you know how to live. You really do then, I think. And we should not always look at completion, you know, always done, done, done. Just look at all, always at complete. I, will, I mean, I was the same way, but I worked on this. With time and the right attitude, I managed to get a grip on it, you know. Uh, don't always look at completion. Instead, carefully and calmly enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. You can even notice it with simple things like gardening. I can see a shift. I work on myself. I see things. I need to do this better. I need to work on this. And I will. And I can see see it even when I'm gardening. You know, it was always, oh, let's, let's just finish. Just finish this thing. And now I go out and I do it step by step. And I enjoy the process. It's not just work, get it done. Enjoy calmly and carefully. Enjoy the process. I think we can do a lot to control uh, to have some form of control of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what's really interesting, and and Eric, you mentioned it um, in the opening, is, you know, with every generation, it's always something that obviously is learned and brought over. But in, in much like with Vivian, um, so she wrote a book. And actually, Vivian... I'm going to have you kind of talk about, you know, your history and stuff, but I think, I think it is worth saying that with every generation, there is a learned, and maybe this is not the right, like phrasing or whatever, but there's learned responses to different things, you know, with, and I'll, I'll talk about my grandfather's generation. He went to world war two and, and I knew my grandfather as, you know, he would smile a lot he would he would kind of giggle but he was tough he's he he'd seen he was he went in on d-day wow i never knew this yeah so Mm. he he was he saw it and and he survived obviously and became Um, resilient yeah amazingly resilient i suppose and and now you flash forward to to me and eric's you know our generation we kind of dealt with it we weren't so out there like the generation now and and so you know i mean it's still kind of hard but it i mean it's kind of weird because we do a podcast and it's kind of hard to not be open and honest you know on on the show when we expect people to have an open heart and and an honesty when they listen so but but nowadays and and i'm sure habiba you see it obviously like right up close as you know, this generation feels everything and they take it in and there's no, and in my opinion, there's really no release for them because if they put it out to the world, they're going to get a comment from social media. They're going to get, you know, who knows what, and, and I have a daughter and I always tell her it's always, always very, very important for you to tell me how you feel because 
you know, you can't always be open and honest with everybody with, but with me and your mom, absolutely tell us because we'll cry with you. We'll laugh with you. We'll do everything. And so communication. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, after all that, Vivian, give a little bit of background. So Habiba, uh, and I'm sure, you know, you've, you've kind of already um, felt, but Vivian, you've been through a lot. Yeah, I actually experienced a lot. I, I'm, I learned very early on how cruel life can be. You know, growing up in, uh, in the, uh, in the uh, Hitler's Nazi Germany, uh, the, then the post-war years, you know, in ravaged Berlin, lonely childhood, uh, uh, to uh, you know, to, to to early adulthood, as a, you know, I was a, a part of that wave of struggling German immigrants in Canada, and I found a way to uh, build a new life for myself, just with just with the right attitude and uh, and uh, with time, and uh, and. I actually went down the path of self-fulfillment, self-discovery, and uh, I uh, accomplished to not not just to have a, a success uh, financially, but an inner success, uh, a fully realized, lived and realized life. And I think today, also in this hectic world, uh, you know, we have lost that inner dignity of living a fully loved life because of all that, you know, hectic uh, lifestyle uh, we are going through. Uh, so Corona woke us up for that. But I know I had, my life has been one of both, hardship and comfort, you know, hardship and comfort and uh, demoralization and fulfillment, seeking and finding constantly, I was always a seeker and a searcher, and also uncertainty and hope. And, uh, but both, you know, have the capacity to uh, fortify us and to become our best selves. And I think it, it builds resilience. All these challenges, they build resilience and resilience is the power of purpose. And we need purpose in our life. You know, purpose is, uh, is so important. Uh, it's, it's, one can say it's protection. Because when you have purpose, you live a healthier life. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a goal, a reason to get up, a purpose. And I'm very uh, goal-oriented. But like I said, uh, live in the moment. You know, yeah. don't step on the, on the, say yes to this moment, you know, to, to, to the now, instead of just ignoring it. There's something wrong when you do that. And you know, when people have this anxiety, it's normal um, for people to have it. It just, uh, you cannot let it take over. You know, the world runs on balance. And I think uh, the energy that keeps it in balance is love. And I'm, I really believe in, in love because with love, you will not have fear. It can't coexist. You have to just be a, a uh, in harmony with uh, with life, I don't mean the kind of love that that nice, cuddly feeling. I'm talking about love, unconditional love, like uh, be accepting, and uh, and also it is what it actually is. It's it's experiencing 
the harmonies of life. And that is what we all want. We all want peace. We all want, uh, want harmony in our life and less fear. And Habiba would know the best way to overcome this, yeah. this uh, anxiety. I mean, I only tell you by what I went through, how I dealt without, with it. Uh, I found my own way and I succeeded, but I guess you have to be very determined and persevere, otherwise you will, you will not get anywhere. But Habiba, she would be uh, the best to ask how we deal best with it. So what, I, what I do, do have do to you say, say, well, Vivian, you are grace personified. You embody you so that balance that you're talking about, right? That understanding your fears and then understanding that you need purpose to persevere through these fears. And that is the key. We all have, let me be careful with how I say this. Yeah. Um, Trauma is my specialty. I, I love working trauma. So I, I do, this is a very general statement and I'll explain a little bit more. But what I was trying to say is we all have that choice. We have a moment where we have to face with what we have, right? We have our fears, we have our struggles, we have everything that feels like we're just hitting this glass wall over and over and over again. And at some point we do have to decide, okay, are we going to keep running with this fear and let that define us? Mm. Or are we going to try to look at it from a different perspective? It's still the same boat. It's still the same life. Just the way it's you still, see it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the reason I said I have to be very careful with saying this is because when you're in trauma, it feels impossible to look at anything else because you're in survival mode. You are in the limbic part of your brain. You are in mm -hmm. the, you're, you're not up here thinking any rational thought to make that choice you are surviving. It is just, mm -hmm. can I make it through today? So that's why I, I don't want to seem insensitive by saying, well, we just have to choose to be confident. We have to choose to be happy. We have to choose to be in the present because it's very, very difficult for people mm -hmm. who are in survival mode. And I don't want to discount that at all. At the same time, what you were talking about, accepting where you are. To me, love means acceptance. You can't love yourself without accepting who you are. You can't love your story without accepting your story. You can't love where you're headed if you can't accept where you're headed based on where you've been. Mm -hmm. So everything teaches us why we are the way we are right now and how we're going to move forward. Without the knowledge of where we're coming from, we cannot move forward. And I think that's what keeps everyone stuck with where they are with the same patterns of behavior, with the same patterns of fear, with the same kinds of destruction. Like you said, you cannot have love and fear at the same time, not as an emotions. You can have love and fear for emotions. Yes. But you cannot love embodying that love with fear as well with a death grip on you. And I absolutely agree with that, but we can't understand love until you understand your fear. We can't move towards love without understanding the fear because we can't challenge it. Then we can't move forward with it then. So the best way to get a, a handle on this fear of this anxiety is understanding what it means for us. You know, this pandemic raised a lot of fear and we're still in that fear. A lot of people still are. I would hope that it's not as strong as it was when the uncertainty was so extreme 
in 2020. We had no clue what was happening with the world at that point. We had no clue how to fight it, how to beat it, how to cope with it. We had no idea. I mean, I, I was sanitizing everything before it came in through my door. I mean, I, I went the extreme with that because I didn't know. Because I think I heard that it stayed 17 days on a metal surface or something once. And I was like, yeah. well, you're not going to get in my yeah, house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same having, you know, health conditions that are my own and my family with, you know, everyone is, we definitely have multiple things to be fearful of when it came to, it wasn't just going to be another virus that we would fight. It, it right. meant a lot more um, for my family and the people that I love and the fear of losing them because of the unknown was just a lot to handle, but it's in understanding what that means, right? What exactly am I afraid of? It's not just the virus coming through my door. <laughs> it's everything that it would mean and all those things that I, I do not want to face when it comes to myself or my mortality or my weaknesses or my inability to control, right? How am I going to protect something when I don't know what I'm fighting? And that's what Eric, am I correct with that? Was saying yes. about earlier, right? We have all of these imaginations and, you know, we grew up in the, in all of these very vivid, vivid explanations of what could go wrong and so yeah. we as a society are planning out exactly what could go wrong and that's where everyone got trapped and so understanding and being able to say this is the fear and this is the value behind that fear this is the fear and this is the value I'm trying to protect this is the fear and this is the value that I need to hold on to once you're able to understand those things you can challenge it and bring yourself back to reality right because we we went out there a little bit some part of it wasn't as real as what we thought the fears would have been, right? I, I thought my whole world might crumble. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive if, if my children don't recover from this? We don't need to go there. Mm -hmm. Being right. in the present, right? Being in the present moment right now. My, my babies are healthy. I am healthy. We're doing everything in our position to take care of it. Bringing yourself back to the moment and being able to challenge those fears by identifying those fears is the only way to bust through anxiety. The mm -hmm. only way. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people, they focus on the hellish road ahead, you know, I focus on <clears throat> that crumb of good that I find, you know, right. that was all that is my philosophy. And it works. Because when you focus on that, on the good uh, that remains, uh, that grows because thoughts increase, you know, think good thoughts, be good to yourself, be kind to yourself. <clears throat> I think that that is uh, 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 the, the way you look at things has a lot, how we cope with these situations. We have a choice. All of us have a choice. It's, we can choose to see it be on the negative or on the positive. I always choose positive. That is, uh, uh, I, I think people that are really self-actualizers, they, they don't go to the negative. They only see the positive, you know, they see what, what can I do here? What is good here? How can I, you know, because I've gone through, but I haven't mentioned before, I tried to commit suicide at the age of 17 and was saved through a, an intervention. And so I have been at the lowest point and uh, I think it's very interesting what you say. People cannot say, oh, I'm going to cope with this this way or that way. That is a trauma that is going on. There is something going on. I, I've been there. I understand that. But we have to 
uh, have a fighting spirit somehow uh, uh, go into a survival mode. Say, say to yourself, well, I'm going to cling to a glimmer of hope and maybe, just maybe, you know, I can, I can make it. You know, have, have uh, a will, a will to, to get through this. I think it's, you have to have the, the right mindset. Of course, you know, when you're in trauma, you don't always have the right mindset, but work on that. Think, think uh, the right thoughts um, and because uh, those will increase. You know, and uh, and find meaning in life because it, the meaning of life is really we always want. Everybody wants just oh, I want pleasure. I want this. Well, that's not really the the only quest in our life is not just to have a pleasurable life. It is uh, it isn't goes much deeper. It is so much deeper. It's like in work, it's doing something significant, and in love, it's caring for someone which I'm doing right now my husband is I'm going through a next challenge again because you know challenges are always there they you think you have it all oh it's all working then a new uh, something new will appear that is just life you know that is just what happens to each and every one of us uh, but we have to learn how to deal with those challenges deal with them in a positive way if we can we can do that and uh, uh, we just uh, we just have to to really be determined and persevere uh, with uh, when we uh, see a certain way how we want to live. Be determined and follow that. Not just do it. Oh, one day I do this. Stay the course. Yeah, and you know, actually, uh, Eric, I know you were about to say something, but I think you know when we get to talk to people, you know, whether because we get to talk to people that have come out of of bad, their trauma their their bad situations and and i think and i know for me you know that when you think of because I, I i i'm listening habiba to you and vivian and and i can tell you that much like a great book you know, or a great story, your, the lives that are on here are kind of intersecting and your story, Habiba comes my story because I'm thinking about all the, the stuff that I've been through. And, and, um, I, but I think it's worth mentioning that we, when we get to talk to people, they're at a point of I'm doing better now and I feel better. And I don't know if we ever get a chance to dig a little bit deeper, um, which Eric, go ahead. And if you want to say what, whatever you're going to no, say, you were pretty much hitting the nail on the head. What I was going to say, we're able to look back at things with hindsight, yeah. you know, how to get over it. I mean, when I was started, when I first started having my big panic attacks, I talked to my cousin and he said, well, you know, I heard that here's the things you should do when you have a panic attack. He gave me a list of stuff like think of two things you can control. And by the time he was done giving me the list, I was having a panic attack thinking about the list of things to do when you have a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and I really feel that, again, if you're listening to this and you're at a low point, we understand where you're at and 
we want you to come out on the other side. It's like hindsight is such an important thing. It always upsets me when I, I used to work with teenagers in my church and I just have a passion for helping teenagers and, you know, tweens. And it always upsets me when people go, you're worried about high school problems. Well, you got to understand when you're a teenager, those are the biggest problems mm-hmm. in the world for you. Um, I'm going to lead into working with younger people. When I say this, it's like, I'm sure all of us have sent a friend a text and they didn't respond right away to us. Well, you know, they're busy to a 14 year old girl, not getting a text back right away from a friend they go to this immediate dark place for the parents listening who what can, who's have teenagers going through this habibi what advice do you have for them cuz i know you've mentioned you know you have teenagers so what advice how can we help teenagers not just with corona but with the everyday life struggles that they go with, with friends, social media, you know, not getting enough likes, not getting a text back immediately. I know I'm overemphasizing that, but I'm using that little thing that we know isn't a big deal, but to a 14 year old is a huge deal. So what advice and could you give to these parents or if there's anyone younger listening? It's, empathy and compassion. You know, my, my eldest son is 13 going on 14 and my youngest is turning 11. And so this is his reality when, when he's being taunted on a video game or when, you know, someone's just being rude. And I have other words that I've used with these boys (laughs) instead of just rude, um, where it's just unnecessary. These comments are just unnecessary. Children are cruel. Um, humans are cruel. We have the capacity to have lots of love. And we also have the capacity to be very, very hurtful and damaging to one another. And as the adults, right. Or if we have younger people that are listening to this, if you have the ability to give empathy, just get in their shoes, try to understand what it means for them. Not from my worldview, not from my experience, not from my life right now, but from where they are at that point and try to understand where maybe we were at that age too, where that was the greatest thing because they haven't experienced anything else past that. That is their greatest struggle to have empathy with that and just give them compassion. Understand my son always says, he's like, I know this is not a big deal. I was like, no, 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 no. This is a big deal. That's hurtful. That feels like betrayal. Label these emotions for them that they're so heavy and such large emotions. Our children don't have the vocabulary for them label that for them. You feel hurt right now. You feel betrayed right now. You feel like you're being rejected right now. You feel whatever the words are, help them dissect the emotions. We never dismiss any perspective of anyone as a human being. I do not have the right to define anybody's experience or existence for them. It doesn't matter what it is. And that's something that I feel humanity at a large needs to practice a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah that we can't define it for them and just understand and give them compassion for what they are experiencing for whatever it means for them. So, so important empathy. I I think so too, Uh, you know, because the world is, is raw and ruthless. Mm 
but at the same time it is of the most beautiful you know it, 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 it's the most beautiful world at the same time but it has both sides and uh, children can be cruel and empathy is a big deal i think when we get into that person's feelings you know try to i think that is the, such a simple guideline but it is so effective just imagine yourself walking in those shoes just en envision yourself how would i want to be treated you know just treat others the way you yourself want to be treated and my mother she instilled good values in us and empathy was a big deal because uh, the world is cruel and ruthless you know it's oh, it, this seems like so much because when you talk about this there's so many different avenues and aspects and issues because really it's not just a one size fits all for everybody when mm -hmm. you when you talk about anxiety um habiba how because it, it keeps coming into my mind um because i'm sure you you deal with like generations right you you deal with like children the parents the grandparents so it's really generational mm -hmm. and you know i i mean i i keep thinking that that somebody is going to be looking for a podcast and they're going to come up to where it says anxiety and they're going to go oh what are they going to tell me now uh oh, blah 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 but but it's not just about and you know i mean talking about it is one thing but you really have to put into practice yes things yes that very important that you that you know in, in vivian i think you're an, an anomaly because you know obviously your generation came from okay this happened to me okay great i'm gonna find a way somehow some way to deal with it and you have and and that's the generational thing where you don't really necessarily talk to people but you find it in yourself the inner strength and you kind of crawl over those branches of everybody pain. has a different system yes. yeah and, and not everybody can be like that but right. uh, in my case it was i dealt with my my problems and uh, overcame them it was the the hard way actually it was the yeah. hard way but yeah. it is a life experience and yeah. uh, like i said life experiences are more convincing than theory you know, yeah. I actually went through it, but I, everybody deals with these challenges in a different way. But I think courage is important yeah. too. You know, courage yeah. is fortitude, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it yeah. is doing something that frightens us, but yeah. you do it, you do it because, uh, uh, because you feel, I want to get ahead. I want to lick this right. thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, and it is. It is. It allows us to overcome our fears, you know, when you're when you have courage and you oh, remain yeah. resilient in the face of adversity. Yeah. And we are always going to have these challenges. Like like I said, right now I'm going through these challenges with my husband's uh, severe illnesses. And uh, uh, again, there I look at positivity, hope, mm -hmm. and uh, I cling to that and optimism. And it works miracles. It yeah. does work yeah. miracles yeah. optimism is very important yeah. to uh to i think it's a basis for success optimism oh, oh for sure it really for is sure. for sure so i think we have to kind of 
think about our lives and and ask ourselves what's what's important here you know what can mm -hmm. i find sometimes we cannot just have changes just by doing something we have to change sometimes ourselves if yeah. we cannot change the circumstances we have to change ourselves yes which which brings me to uh, an excellent question for habiba how do you with this generation how do you help them discover what they're not sure what they need do they know what they need is that, no. a, is that but and and i think you know obviously as growing up you know i know eric's eric's in my generation i always text eric i he asked me how i'm doing i sometimes i'm like ah oh, man i cry to him blah 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 but we have people to talk to mm -hmm. but i think in this day and age i don't think the young people have that. So how do you, how do you handle that? Oh. Oh. So there's a couple of different things. I, um, I think this day and age, we're at a very beautiful precipice of something that could be even better. Oh, we're allowing emotions to be felt mm. and al allowing emotions to start being shared. Yeah. Part. yeah. Um, I think we're finally, myself included, in a position where it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to be human. Mm. Um, the way I was raised, that was not what you do. That's mm. not what was modeled. That's not what we learned. That is definitely weakness. And you don't go there. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is where my family came from. My father was in war. Um, so he saw the worst of the worst and he believes in you suck it up and you just keep moving. You find the next goal and you keep going, you survive. And yeah. so growing up, my worldview was you just keep it going and you survive and you don't allow yourself to, to feel the bad things, mm -hmm. you know, it's there because how can you not? Um, trauma is my specialty because my life was filled with it. Mm. And it's a miracle, I will say. And if you heard any of my other interviews, you'll know that, that someone intervened when they did. And I was just like, well, look at that. Whatever <laughs> you have, I need. I need that superpower for you to see through me when I do such a good job of being invisible. I need to be able to do that for mm -hmm. someone else. And that's where I became a therapist. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to see somebody for what they're pretending so hard that doesn't exist. And so as a society now, I love that we are allowing ourselves to be able to label emotions. It's not just happy, sad, mad. Right. Right. Like we, we have the whole gambit. We have the whole range and we're allowing ourselves to feel mm -hmm. these things but we're not at the same time allowing those feelings to be accepted. And, and is that because of empathy? Yes. Yeah, see, this is yeah. the thing that drives me nuts because Eric and I can talk, Vivian, I know you and I could talk and we could cry to each other, but then, and maybe maybe this is not empathy, I'm not sure. But when, but when you try to talk to like a, the younger generation, and they see that you're getting, they don't, it's like they, and I, and this is no offense to any 
kid or child or teenager or 20 something, but they, they don't, they don't look at when, when I get like sad, right. Uh, Cause I'll use me. They don't look and go, Oh my God, it's going to, and they don't share that with you. It's like, they're just like, I don't know what to do. See, and that's the thing. They don't know what to do with it. Our media is, it's just, it's the same, same concept. It, it's beautiful because we're sharing so much. We can learn so much. We can experience so much through media, right? Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, it's diluting humanity to a point where that doesn't exist. Those filters are not real. Mm -hmm. The the little cut out of my day that's posted and I do my best to be as crazy as I possibly can and as real as I possibly can on my social media. That's awesome. That's That's cool. My my publisher is like, we need to make this public. I was like, why? 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 Because we were friends. And she was like, no, because the books that I wrote on being a mom is very real, like really embody the realness of how tough it is, of how not pretty it is, of how it's not romanticized, right? And it's not, it's just not pretty all around sometimes. As full of love and beauty as it is in being a mother, it's not pretty and it's a lot of work and it's very hard. And those are the things that I wasn't taught that I want to make sure anybody who reads these books, they know both sides of the story. Mm. And so she's like, yeah, make make your crazy public. Um, so it is. but. <laughs> Our, because these, like my son, TikTok, what is that? What is TikTok? I don't <laughs> like TikTok. It's fun to watch with the animals. But at the same time, some of the other ones, I'm like, why are you doing this? It's filled with falsehood. That's not life. You know, I look like this right now because, you know, I had six sessions before this podcast. <laughs> and so I'm still in work mode. <laughs> But as my children will tell you, you know, mommy either looks like she's on the runway or mommy looks like she lives as a troll underneath a bridge. <laughs> That's and a it, good one. But it, and it's true. A little yeah. harsh when he first told me. <laughs> I was like, ouch, fun. Because <laughs> he's like, you're not working today, are you? I was like, what? And that's when he's like, I know you're not working today because of that. And so I make sure, you know, that there's pictures of, mommy with Mufasa hair, right? Cause my natural hair looks like Mufasa, yeah. like <laughs> the lion. It's curly, it's wild, it's out there. The dark circles, that's just, you know that's just a trait for Middle Eastern and South Asian people. It's just there. And All people of it. should see you exactly. gorgeous. <laughs> Sabima, you're gorgeous. You just painted a different picture of yourself. <laughs> At least one we cannot see. But uh, well, when you go on my social media, you will see it's there. Okay. And I do that on purpose, right? I, I do that so that people can see what's real because I feel like you have to counteract what people put out there for what motherhood is supposed to look like, what entrepreneurship is supposed to look like, yeah. what managing a household, what being a single mom, all of these things are not pretty. Yeah. And then everyone else that's looking at it who doesn't know better, they think that they're falling short. And so that's where their boundaries and that guard of keeping everybody away. And that's the boundary that keeps empathy away. You can't mm -hmm. empathize with someone when you're always feeling like you're not living up to some standard. Wow. I think, you know, especially with kids, like me and Larry work in the film industry, we both edit. And I don't think most kids understand that, you know, their favorite YouTubers, that great video you saw them do, that's right. maybe the seventh take that they did of that. And 
not counting all the rehearsal that went into it, then the lighting and makeup to mm -hmm. make it look mm -hmm. that good and perfect. Yeah. Right. They just take things by face value. And I just want to give some advice to any kids out there who are gamers like I am. Guys, take off the mic, mute the TV, enjoy the game. That way you don't like, I mean, I'm a 40-year-old guy and sometimes I'll have kids on there saying horrible things about my mom and questioning my sexuality. So I just stopped <laughs> having the headphones in and I, I can still enjoy my game. I right. just don't need the plus to enjoy it. Yeah. Right. But, but we do need... to... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, please. I was going to say with what Larry said, you know, children don't know what to do with that because we're the ones that are supposed to be the strength. And then when we fall apart, they don't know what to do with it because they have no other experience or modeling of that either not within their peers, not with the other elders that they see. And unfortunately, with a lot of the parents as well, you know, a lot of the role models that they have, they, they, they're not allowed to see the full range of what it means to be human. And so we are moving forward in a lot of ways. We're also moving backwards and kind of stuck in a lot of patterns that way too. But there's a lot going on at home. It starts in the home. You know, mm -hmm. how you raise your children. I, first of all, I believe we live in the world of our feelings. Every one of us. We live in the world of our feelings. <clears throat> and I think we need to uh, teach our children empathy and also uh, teach them a, a disdain for violence and a fascination with love and kindness. Yeah. And that starts at home. And we have to start somewhere, you right. know. And uh, so I, I think um, I think there's a lot to it. Um, we did not have anything when I grew up. The hunger and cold was a constant. And yet uh, we got those beautiful values from my mother. I always have empathy. You know, always have empathy and, uh, and show kindness towards those. When we think we have so little, we still have more than others, you know? We still have a lot, and it's uh, and also when you were talking about uh, you know Eric about uh, the past, you know when you really think of these uh, when when you think about it, you know the past is really we can use that as our stepping stone to get to the future. You know the the past is really uh, makes us realize that all our values uh, really stem from the past. And they teach us that that uh, they teach us that uh, the future teaches us, us that that our values uh, really stem from the past, and they give us reasons to live. Really, so uh, I use my past as as a stepping stone, one can say, to get to a, a better uh, future. From all the experiences, I I use that, and <clears throat> so um, that that really works. But uh, definitely, the gems are. To show empathy and continue to leave to believe that better is coming, and always be ready <clears throat> for something greater. You know, I I I think my books are about that. It's it's about living life uh, to better yourself and to uh, to uh, always find some good even in adverse situations. How do Habiba? I mean, this this is a really heavy 
subject. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, this is not just some passing thing. What, what can somebody that's listening to this podcast, I mean, is there anything that they can do? But I, I, you know what, I think this comes from me too, because it, you know, when I lost my dad, I think, you know, there, there's that crossroads that you can either go this way or you can just, uh, not, I don't want to say be a, a, a man, but just take care of things that need to be taken care of. Yes, cry when you need to, but do what you need to do to, to stay strong, I guess. And, and don't get me wrong, I cry all the time, which is fine. I, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but, I, you know, you listen, you listen to, to music, um, you read books, and you're always searching when you're in this, this space. Um, what can somebody do? And this may, may not be a thing and I, I'm not putting you on the spot, but is there something that somebody can do that they, if they've listened this long, right? What can they do to help them to, to begin to, to love themselves, like themselves, try to look themselves in the mirror and be okay with, with that? What can they do? Just so two things. I've got plenty of them. Um, yes. So you're not putting me on the spot. Okay, um, good. I one of the things I like to do when I'm doing therapy is yes, and we work a lot in theory, right? And theory is great, but theory without application is nothing. It's another word I use for that, but we're not going to say that here. <laughs> but you know, it, we just that's what you have to do. You have to have the action to go with the belief. Otherwise, there's no movement. Yeah. And so one thing that I, I really emphasize with all of my clients, and it doesn't matter what age range they fall into, is practicing the this and. What I mean by that is wherever they are, whether it's, and it's, I've seen this with myself, I've seen this with my children. Um, it still takes me by surprise when people say I'm bubbly or that I'm joyful or that I'm anything in the, that positive realm. I'm like, really? It's great that you see it that way. Just because for so long, it was very, very difficult for me to tap into that side of me, you know, because of the survival mode. Um, and yes, I'm very goofy. I'm very flamboyant. I'm very much out of the box at this point and I embrace it, but it took so much work to get there. This is not who I've always been. Right. Like I said before, I, like I, I wanted to be invisible. I did not want to be seen. And for many, many reasons. And so when you're at that position, when life is just hard and I still fought and in, fall into my rut and, you know, where it's just, just a little too hard right now. It just, it just gets that way. Depression is my friend. She comes to visit all the time. Um, COVID made it much harder, right. Just because of situations, but that this and would be, this is real for me, no matter how negative it is. You have to accept how hard it is. You have to accept how damaging something is or helpless or hopeless or powerless it feels at that moment. You have to acknowledge it to then say, and. Mm. So yes, all of this negative feelings and hard and crying and suffering and just rolling around in what I call my shit ditch, excuse my language, mm -hmm. but that's just what I call it. And then what? 
And that's what Vivian was saying, that choice of where am I going to go with this? I don't allow more than 20 minutes of rolling in my shit ditch. You have 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, you're dragging yourself and leaving yourself in that mess. Does that make sense? It doesn't take more than 20 minutes to process an emotion. Mm. And I know that sounds extreme because when there's, it feels like it's days on end. But if you think about it, after 20 minutes to 90 minutes max, you have other thoughts that pop in. There's other things that need to be handled. You have to get up and go to the restroom. You have to go get some water. You have to let the door open so that your child can come home, right? There's those transitional periods. And then maybe we do go back to grief, but there are breaks in that time. So what I do is I allow myself that moment. And for me now, after practicing for this many years, it is 20 minutes, 90 minutes is the max. That's for any, that's neuropsych, you know, even a craving, if you have a craving, if you can hold out for 90 minutes, it'll pass. So deal with it for that moment, really roll around in it, identify it, see it, sit with it, talk to it, give it the respect that that emotion deserves. And then what are we going to do with it? Then we challenge it and we challenge it with past experience with children. It's harder because they don't have as much past experience to look into. They're and, working on their past experiences. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then just be like, okay, and I'll be able to move past because, because I have in the past, because I am resilient, because I have help, because I have the support, whatever the and is, we have to look at the entire spectrum of the experience, even if the other end, the positive end, isn't what you're experiencing at the moment. But that is the part that you then have to redirect your attention to. So that's one. The other advice or technique is the five to one ratio. I will not even try to quote whoever it was because I don't remember. It was from grad school and that was over 10 years ago. So I will tell you that our brains register 70,000 moments in a day. That's how much it absorbs. We are aware of. 30,000 moments that happen in a day. And that's every moment from when you wake up to when you go to bed. It takes five positive interactions to negate one negative. And life being adult, right? There's a lot more (laughs) of the traffic of, I didn't wake up on time. My hair's not doing what it's supposed to do. My coffee makers, I ran out of creamer, you name it, right? (laughs) There's a A lot of the stuff that falls into the negative category that if we are not intentional about making it be the five to one, we can't balance out the scales. Wow. And these things have to be, it cannot have anything to do with money and it cannot have anything to do with other people. Mm. If I wanted to go buy a diamond every time I needed to pick me up, I would be broke. (laughs) Very quickly. And it only would be transient. Exactly. Short a short exactly. thing that doesn't last. And everything is like that, right? There is yes. no lasting emotion, period. There's, I mean, everyone wants to be happy, but who's angry all the time? No one. Who's sad all the time? No one. Who's confused all the time? No one. Who's scared all the time? No one, right? All of these things we have, we experience in moments. And it's the same for happiness. We cannot make happiness even be bigger than all the other emotions. Everything comes and goes. And all we can do is influence it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we can come up with five things that give us bursts of positive emotion, a burst of positive emotion, that's it. Sometimes it's, I mean, 
I'm in Georgia. I'm not sure where all of you guys are. New Jersey. Okay. It's been cold. It's been cold. Oh. I don't do well with cold at all. And it's gray and it's rainy. And my children are like, yes, crawl into bed with mommy. Nobody has to go to school. And, you know, it, it just takes us 20 more minutes to get out of bed when they do that. And they do it on purpose because, you know, children are children. They will play and take whatever they can that you let them. Yes. And so this morning it was the same. They're like, it is rainy. It is dark. It's cold. Mommy's not going to get out of bed. She's not. Yeah. Dropping them off was that was a sight to see. It, that was that was fun. <laughs> but. I have to then decide, okay, when there's that one day of sunshine, I will turn out that outside heating lamp, put on every layer of clothing I have and go sit in the sun like a cat. <laughs> 10 minutes. I have my coffee, right? Something warm, something comforting. I have my books. We have to have a list of things that we can always go to because- It make you feel to. good. Yes. yes. Bursts of positive energy. It doesn't matter what it is. And it's always changing hopefully, right? We grow, we evolve as humans, our list should as well. So continuously adding to that list and being mindful of when you had that burst of energy this morning, it's a song that I didn't even realize was a thing. It showed up on my YouTube and I was jamming. I was a happy, happy, happy person in this weather. My kids are like, oh God, here it goes. We have to go to school because she's happy right now. <laughs> but you know, you got such a point there uh, uh, because uh, we have to Build our surrounding where we can derive strengths. That's what yeah. I do. I, my surroundings, I have a sense, great sense of beauty, whether it be nature or style or what, whatever, but I surround myself with beauty. That right. I derive strengths from that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we have to uh, uh, build on those strengths, you know, build on those. So I don't go to the negative sides. They are there. I realize it, I'm even loose, I'm informed, I know what, what it is, but then I drop it. The same thing with my husband going through the, uh, his uh, uh, trials right now with uh, health issues. Um, we don't go there all the time. We think about, oh, look what's out there. There's, there's culture, there's nature, there's so much beauty and, and concentrate on that. So I think we are all responsible for our own lives, our own actions, how we live life. We can, you know, make it in such a, such a way that we uh, can get stronger or we can just let ourselves go and, and wallow in those negative emotions or depression. Then if you do that for too long, you will get into, be sucked into such a deep hole where you can't get out of it anymore. So it's like you said, experience your emotion. Go uh, take note of them, experience them to uh, fully, but then let go and go to that other place. Right. You know that is a very wise. And also, I think today ego is such a big deal. Did you did you notice that ego? It just, I mean, it just that adds to anxiety too because it keeps us in a constant state of turmoil and stress. So, uh, uh, and also leads to further separation from other people. You know, that is just not, and life becomes a contest, a competition, and that alienates you even more. And I think, again, I always talk about uh, connectedness. I like to connect with people um, and open up. I open up. I'm very open. I don't, even in my book, I was so open. I, it was a vulnerability that I faced because people there, the hammer comes down. People are judgmental, right. but uh, 
I feel I did not felt I did not want to cheat the reader. I, you know, wanted to uh, show them exactly this is how it, it was. And this is what you can learn from it. But I think really vulnerability, it, it builds bridges. Mm -hmm. It builds bridges. And I think connecting with others is a beautiful thing. It, it, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And there, I think we should do more of that too. Especially in this day and age with all the, the texting back and forth and, you know, I mean, Everyone Zoom. so isolated. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes Zoom so just isolated. doesn't cut it. Yeah, but also alone time is really important, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, quiet, uh, quiet time, you know, that's a quiet mind, it's free of toiling and, and always acquiring and, and all that just just that alone time is very important, which yeah. uh, uh, alone time, but not alone in a sense that you pick up your, your, your gadget and, and, and busy yourself on that get to the center of yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. get alone time to get to come to your center and uh, build strengths from that, I think. Entertain yes. good thoughts, always entertain. I entertain only good thoughts. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, there's always, this is the part of the show when there's a, a heavy discussion and I really, this is what I don't like, but I'm about to do it. Because I got, you know, if if we had, you know, obviously, you know, an hour, hour and a half, you know, maybe two hours to discuss this this thing called life, and then you break it down even more the the uh, the tricks and the terrors and the the questions about life and everything that we go through, um, you know, this is a part where I really hate to begin to wrap up because I'm a big respecter of time and, and this podcast, this episode in particular is probably one of the most important ones. I think Vivian, that, that think we've so done. Yeah, um, I think so too. And you know, like I said, when we face anxiety, it is important to be kind to ourselves, you know, yeah. to do what is necessary for our own well-being. Um, that is how we become strong. And you have to be that way in order to stay strong. And yes. uh, just to stay positive, have a, keep a positive perspective, even uh, in, in, uh, in uncertain times. Yes. You, know, you can do that. We, we have a lot of power, much more power than we think about, you know, how, how control to control those things. Yes. So I think we should use what we have, use our strengths, build on our strengths. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, and, and quite honestly, I mean, we have two really powerful women with books and experiences to back up what, what we're talking about. And I, I you know, I'm sure they're going to be in the links, but, and, and Habiba, we haven't really even talked about yeah, we've talked about obviously what you do and and how you kind of um not even that because we haven't even touched on it i mean this is the problem with time frames <laughs> 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 but but i mean you have you have more than two books out I that do. that if we can talk about that really super quick and then talk about you know the um the North Star of Georgia, 
um, first of all, tell us about your books. Okay. Elevator pitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one, it's called Beautifully Bare, Undeniably You. And it does what it says. We work on building the foundation of what it means to be you, on how you become secure in the identity that you have and understanding why you are the way you are, what got you there. And if you like it, great, that's wonderful. And if it's not working for you as much, which is the most of the people that come looking for me, then how do we move forward? There's, um, I start each section with song lyrics because music is a big thing for me and it's helped me cope with life because I'm able to listen to lyrics and say, this person gets it. You know, in a time when I wasn't able to vocalize and verbalize what I was feeling and experiencing. And so I have each section and segment that does that. The process, all of my books, I just finished my ninth one that just got picked up by a publisher um, two weeks ago. Nice, so, congratulations. Crazy. Thank you. Wow. Um, but they all follow the same process. I have um, a theory, a psychological theory, and it all follows how from the beginning to end. Um, so like with the identity, right? starting from early childhood and breaking down those values and needs and things like that, whether they were met or not. And then we have applications. I make you go through them as you're reading. There's worksheets, there's answers, there's questions. And then there's also a vignette, which is, you know, with what Vivian was saying, oh, the hardest thing, um, <laughs> being vulnerable. So each one of those vignettes are in every chapter of when I was there or my first co-author when one of us went through that period in life. And it's one of my friends, she was like, I can't read your book. It's like reading your diaries. It's, I know exactly when that happened and it makes me cry. And I was like, don't read it then, just leave it, leave it. <laughs> but because they went through it with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my childhood friends, he's like, yep, I know which one's yours. And I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop talking. But I can't expect my readers to be willing to look at their lives in the way I'm asking them to, if I'm not willing to bear my soul with them. Right. right. And so all of them has done it. This latest one. So we have beautifully bare and deniably you as the first one on identity. And then I have dear time, which talks about the construct of time. And that was my segment in it on struggling with where we should be in life at this point, at this age, at this place in time, kind of that pressure that Vivian was talking about. We're always just go, 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 go. So that's that one. Dear love is about all relationships. We have different voices that does it. And then I think I have five mommy books. It's wow. you've got this mama, you've got this mama too. You've got this boss mama being mama. <laughs> so all the different elements, different segments and elements of life as a mom and what we struggle with and how we move past it all following the same thing. This latest one, we're still working on the title, even though the book's been done. Um, but I think we've settled on how you learn, how you love, who, you, how you choose who you love, I think is mm -hmm. the one that they just sent me this morning. Um, because everything I came up with, they're like, it's there's already another book like that. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want anything to be pretentious. I want you to see the title and be like, I know what this is going to be about. And this is going to work for me. And this one is, it starts with learning to love, um, how we learn what love means, how we learn what love looks like, 
how we carry that definition in who we, in how we love ourselves and how we give love to others, how we choose relationships. There's a whole segment on dysfunctional relationships, especially on why you choose them, if that's a pattern that you repeat. Wow. And then how do we break those patterns into healthy relationships? So it wow. goes again with the whole thing that I would awesome. do with responsibility of teaching someone how to love effectively and healthfully. Is that a word? Maybe. <laughs> sure. It is now. <laughs> it is. So, <laughs> that's all of the books. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's you know. amazing. Amazing accomplishment, I, I think. Um, it's wonderful, um, Zabiba. I'm so glad that we got you here on this show. Yes. And uh, you uh, shared uh, your knowledge with us, and hopefully it will help people. But I always, again, stress that um, we should all make a deliberate effort to focus on what is good in life, you know, yeah. see possibilities <clears throat> instead of problems. <clears throat> Because when you're negative, you're constantly bombarded with stress yeah. <clears throat> and you don't allow, you should not allow yourself to be swallowed up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. And uh, Brazilian people, they are very good at where to pay attention. You know, they're really good at, at uh, <clears throat> when to pay attention and where to pay attention. Mm -hmm. But like I said, we become resilient because of all the challenges that we all go through. Yeah. And so there's even in the negative, there's positive. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a, a weird question just popped into my head. Are you, if somebody's listening to this, because you're in Georgia right now, right, Habiba? Um, if somebody's listening to this in like California or New York or Texas, um, <clears throat> how, I mean, is it, is there, is it proper? Can people contact you? I mean, because I know there's like state that, you know, you know what I'm asking, right? Yes. Yes. They can always contact me. I am licensed in multiple states. Um, okay. That's something as my clients, you know, evolved and grew and things like that. And they were moving they're like, I'm not letting you go. I was like, right. well, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm licensed in three other states, but yeah. It really just depends on what they're looking for. If they just want more of a coaching of I'm stuck here and I want to move forward without digging into anything that goes everywhere. Yeah. If it's more of a therapy thing, then yes, I am bound by where I'm licensed. Okay. Um, okay. But okay. people can always reach out. Okay. I always welcome that. Okay, good, good. And but the beautiful thing is, um, uh, Zabiba, you and I, we found something. Uh, that makes us feel good and that is writing and giving back and what you are doing you have uh, it what you're doing is it shows empathy you went through emotions and now you want to help others uh, deal with them and i do the same and uh, so we are uh, very fortunate to have that you know very fortunate uh, and i will always be that kind of person i will always stay active in what makes me feel good and I don't mind work because it doesn't matter how hard it is. If you love what you do, you really never work. You really mm. don't work. You just put, you, you feel fully alive. It is what keeps the fire in me burning, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I can tell you that Eric and I are probably the most luckiest guys on the face of the planet to be able to, to, be able to talk to you, Vivian, and Habiba. So thank Amen you. To that. Thank, thank you, you ladies. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. Thank Eric? You. Well, I, I, Vivian, do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, I just want to thank um, um, Habiba for coming on this show. It, she was a, a great asset for, uh, for this show, and uh, we appreciate that a lot. And I wish she could come on once again. Yes. You know, I would not love just to. once. We'd love yeah, to have you on again. This is wonderful. We are able all together. We are able to help others, and that is my mission. And I know it's yours too. It comes through. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Habiba, from me. And looking forward to having you back for on. Me for also. Sure. All right, Thank you for having me. It's important to feel like, you know, what I have to say has value to whoever's listening. So I, I love, I love talking about all this. We could do this for hours. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, yes that's that true. people have a get a, that, that people have a takeaway, you yeah. know, when they've listened yeah. to our show, I want them to have a takeaway. Uh, there's something I can apply, you right. know, if it's just one thing that can already better their lives, yeah. it's a big deal. Right. You know, it's a big yeah. deal. And I think we had more than one thing, Habiba. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it helped me already. So thank you so Definitely. much. Thank you. Thank you. Eric, take us on out of this. Well, everybody, we just want to thank Habibi one more time for coming on the show. Yeah, that's pretty. I Yeah, we've said so much. I'm at a loss for words. So... Uh, now, the links are in the description, right? Oh, yes. All the links for everybody will be in the description. And yeah, everybody, like we say each and every week, remember, especially in this day and age, be excellent to each other. <laughs>